Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Thanks for tuning in. This is the day after, well, you could call it a State of the Union. I call it a big story, which is what Biden does. It's a lie. And we're going to cover that a little bit. I, I covered it pretty extensively yesterday about what I thought he was going to say and what I thought he was going to cover. I was pretty much spot on on every single thing. So I don't need to rehash a lot of that. I don't need to go back and, and point out all the, the, the real information of the State of the Union. But I am going to cover that a little bit later on in the show. We'll just hit the highlights, hit the bullet points. Fortunately for you, you didn't have to watch it because you got people like me who part of our our job and our function is to watch 70 something minutes of that and then come back to you and just give you the highlights. So you don't have to sit through all the drivel and all the BS. We're also going to take a look, quick look. They're doing hearings today on the, the collusion that took place and the censorship between, uh, between the government and Twitter on burying the Hunter Biden laptop story back in 2020, a, an event that would have changed the outcome of the election had people and newspapers and outlets been able to report on it. If we had actual reporters instead of propagandists, then we would have been able to see that, but they decided to squash it. Anyway, the hearings are starting today. They're questioning some of the Twitter executives. They're bringing up a lot of the Twitter files in the, in the questioning. And of course you have the, the uh, freak jobs like AOC out there trying to make it about her and about women and about color somehow, instead of about what it is. And it's not the laptop, it's the cover-up of it, obviously. We're not going to go into that too extensively because th the hearings are still happening. I want to take some time to dive into it. I want to take some time to really analyze it and kind of sort my thoughts before I comment too much on it. But we will, I'm just going to kind of point out that that is happening today. I'm going to show you a little bit of hysterical bartender AOC and, uh, and we'll go from there. Then I'm going to start out today with Something that is one of the one of the largest uh, man caused disasters that's ever happened in in the history of the world, and and, and I'm not talking Exxon Valdez, I'm not talking Chernobyl, and I'm not talking the Japanese nuclear disaster after the tidal wave hit over there. I, I'm talking about something that was, and those were those were actual accidents. Those were man made disasters that were accidents. He didn't. The Exxon guy didn't mean to run into a reef. The Russians didn't mean for Chernobyl to melt down. They didn't, like, say, hit the meltdown button and see what happens. And Japan certainly didn't expect that a tsunami would take out one of their nuclear plants and, and uh, cause it to melt down either. But there's another man-made disaster that was done intentionally that falls into one of the greatest disasters, natural disasters, the world has seen, and that is the explosion and sabotage of the Nord Stream pipelines. And there's been a lot of question about who did that, you know, speculation. Oh, maybe Russia did it themselves, of course. They, that's not what happened. Uh, maybe Germany did it. Oh, maybe the Israelis did it. Maybe the obvious answer, which proof is coming out now, the United States did it. And I talked about this at the time because there's no doubt that we had motivation that even leading up to it, prior to this happening, Biden flat out said 
And his administration officials said that if Russia invades Ukraine, Nord Stream will no longer exist. And Seymour Hirsch came out. He's got a great, he's a great investigative reporter. He's not right or left. He's very, he's just a journalist. There's, there, believe it or not, there are a few journalists left in this world. And if you want to find them, a lot of them are on Substack. He did an article he published on Substack regarding the U.S. bombed Nord Stream gas pipelines, claims investigative journalist Seymour Hirsch. And he lays out a very detailed, very long report on that. I encourage you to go to Substack. Look up this article, substack.com. Look up this article. Actually, it's at seymourhirsch.substack.com. And, and you decide for yourself. But I guarantee you, he didn't write this article nilly-willy. It's not, it's not something that he just made up. At any rate, the Biden administration very clearly said, remember when Joe Biden came out and said this? If Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine again. Then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. What do, what, how, will you, how will you do that exactly since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control? We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. I promise you, we'll be able to do it. That sounds to me like they kind of had a plan in place that if Russia invaded Ukraine, that they would destroy the, the Nord Stream pipeline and cause one of the largest man-made climate disasters in the history of the world. An administration that wants to go green, that claims that they are the, the, the green energy administration, that they want to take everything cleaner, that they hate coal, they hate oil, they hate gas. And then they blow up a pipeline releasing tens of thousands of pounds of it into, the, into, into nature, into the water. Still leaking, by the way. When they could have just not allowed them to build it to begin with and not allow them to enter Ukraine to begin with. But we all know the industrial war complex wanted that to happen, right? So I, I talked to you about uh, Seymour Hirsch and his, his Substack article. Here's just a, a, a few excerpts up from it. And I can't dive into it all in this show. I wouldn't pretend to. How America took out the Nord Stream pipeline. New York Times called it a mystery, but the United States executed a covert sea operation that was kept secret until now. Last June, the Navy divers operating under the cover of a widely publicized midsummer NATO exercise known as Ball Tops 22 planted the remotely triggered explosives that three months later destroyed three of the four, three pipelines three of the four Nord Stream pipelines, according to a source with direct knowledge of operational planning. Biden's decision to sabotage the pipelines came after more than nine months of highly secret back and forth debate inside Washington's national security community about how to best achieve that goal. For much of that time, the issue was not whether to do the mission, but how to get it done with no overt, overt clue as to who was responsible. So they planned this natural disaster months in advance. 
And it wasn't a matter of if they were going to do it. It was a matter of how were, how were they going to do it and get away with it without anybody knowing. Tucker Carlson covered a little bit last night. I'm going to pop this up because he had a, a great guest on there. And he's just got a, he's got a good way of putting it. Um, if you want to go check out the episode, you probably should. The fact that the United States of America, the so-called clean energy leader of the world, blew up a few pipelines, releasing massive amounts of gas, destroying sea life, destroying air quality. It's unbelievable, right? Especially when it was avoidable, had they just been tough on Russia to begin with. Check this. Uland, who was the driving force behind the war in Ukraine, helped start the war in Ukraine, in January threatened to blow up the Nord Stream pipelines so that Russia couldn't send gas to Europe. Remember this? I want to be clear with you today. If Russia invades Ukraine, one way or another, Nord Stream 2 will not move forward. So then in September, somebody blew up the pipelines, and that was the biggest man-made environmental disaster in history. If you're worried about climate change, you should be in tears because of the amount of carbon that emitted into the atmosphere. So it was pretty obvious to us the Biden administration was involved in this. We said that, and we were immediately denounced by the entire left and the entire media as agents of Putin. Why are they doing that? And by the way, when we actually join this war in force, what will they do to anyone who objects? To it. Ooh, they're going to punish people. You watch. But with this in mind, we were a little bit surprised to see Toria Newland essentially admit last week that she did it. Watch this. Senator Cruz, uh, like you, I am, and I think the administration is very gratified to know that Nord Stream 2 is now, as you like to say, a hunk of metal at the bottom of the sea. Good job. Good job, United States. Good job, Biden, for creating the largest man-made climate disaster ever. Good job. Dig into that. I'm going to follow the story as it develops, and, and you'll catch it here. If you, if you tune in, I'll, I'll make sure to obviously follow this and, and keep up on it because that's what I do. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, there is a there are hearings happening today in Congress about... Uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. And liberals keep wanting to say, oh, the laptop, the supposed laptop, the purported laptop, they're still saying it's not real, even though many independent news organizations and professionals, including the FBI, admit that it is. And even Hunter Biden's attorneys are trying to sue people to stop spreading the information that's in it, and they want the laptop back. Why do they want it back if it's not his? Of course it's his. Understand, and I've said this before, that the story is not the laptop. The story is the collusion to suppress the information that was in the laptop and then the subsequent cover-up that's still going on to this day. And, you know, I love a good bartender. I mean, I I do. I, I go out to eat probably more often than I should. It makes me have to exercise more than I want to because all that food just has a lot of sodium and stuff in it. And, and you know, a good bartender, they can get good tips. 
you know, if they're got great service, they got a good smile, and they take care of you, and they give you healthy, healthy double crown on the rocks every once in a while, maybe a little bit of tequila. I bet OLC was a great bartender. I bet she was probably a much better bartender than she is a congressperson. And I guarantee that she got better tips. So they've dragged a social media platform here in Congress. They're weaponizing the use of this committee so that they can do it again. A whole hearing about a 24-hour hiccup in a right-wing political operation. That is why we are here right now. And it is, it, it's just a, an abuse of public resources, an abuse of public time. We could be talking about health care. We could be talking about bringing down the cost of prescription drugs. We could be talking about abortion rights, civil rights, voting rights. But instead, we're talking about Hunter Biden's half-fake laptop story. I mean, this is an embarrassment. Okay, sweetie, two things. The only thing embarrassing here is you when you open your mouth. And number two, there's nothing half-baked about Hunter Biden's laptop. Anything to do with Hunter Biden is completely baked. Okay. Hey, yeah, yeah. Gosh, she is dumb. She is dumb. Hope that she made a better Long Island than she does an argument against Hunter Biden's laptop. Maybe she ought to go back to that. But she never will. She'll grift her way along in Congress for years and years and years. So I'm going to jump into my review of the State of the Union and we'll do... I'm going to, by the way, before we go there, I'm going to cover more on the Hunter Biden laptop and the, the congressional hearings as that goes on. I'll probably be covering it on a daily basis for a while. It's something that's uh, I've, I've covered a lot over the last couple of years and something that um, I happen to know a little bit about. And so I look forward to, to sharing a lot of information with you on that. Anyway, on to the State of the Union. It started out very... Uh, in a very bizarre way as people were entering, including Jill Biden. And she approaches Kamala Harris's. So you have the first lady approaching the vice president's husband to say hello. And this happened. I, I mean, really? Do we need to watch that again? We should watch that again. Right on the lips. Holy smokes. That, that's, that's a little more than a friendship kiss. Is there something going on here between the president and the first lady and the vice president and the second, what is he, the second man? Is that what he's called? <laughs> Maybe there's more going on in that, in that White House residence than we know about. Oh, man. Anyway, awkward moment, number one. And so I was fortunate enough to get a soundbite um, from our president, from uh, Donald J. Trump, the, the man, that the, the myth, the legend, the guy that we know is the real leader and the real president of this country. Anyway, I was fortunate enough to get a little soundbite from him regarding his take on the State of the Union and what we can call the KISS. So let's go ahead and hear what he had to say. The 2023 State of the Union Address, or as I call it, the wonders of Adderall, the slur of the union started out with a kiss. Kamala's husband planted a big wet one on the mouth of Dr. Jill. They call her Dr. Jill. 
like Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. Oh, Peter, I love you. Oh, Lisa, I love you too. The FBI lovebirds. What a disgrace. Sleepy Joe Biden used the word folks more than I've ever used the phrase believe me, which is a lot when you think about it. Believe me. And I want to congratulate Sleepy Joe for creating more new words than any president in the history of our great country. He says the State of the Union is strong, and that's fake news. China's flying balloons over our great country, and we will only be strong when I return to the White House and make America great. And I cannot wait for that day. Um, It's going to be... It's going to be a terrific, fantastic day, as they say. Okay, now, obviously, that, that wasn't Donald Trump, but man, I got it. I love Sean Faresh. He, he does probably the best, he does definitely the best interpretation of Trump. There's others that do it, but not as often and as regularly. He gets the cadence down. He has a tone of the voice down. He has his mannerisms down. And definitely, Joe Biden did say, anyway, check out Sean Faresh. He's on YouTube. He's on Twitter. He's all over the place. Definitely a good guy to watch. Great comedian, great character. Joe Biden said, and and I warned people, I said, do not play the drinking game where you take a drink every time he says, look, or folks, look, this is the way it is. I'm telling you, folks, I I did not do a word count. What I should have done if I was more professional and more prepared for the shows, I would have downloaded the transcript and I would have done a word count on how many times he said, look, how many times he said, folks. But he talked about pretty much everything that I said he was going to talk about. And some of it at length and some of it not so much. But he hit all the bullet points and it started, this was kind of one of the weird moments of the night. It wasn't the weirdest. I'm going to bring up the weirdest and but uh, somebody, please, what's he saying here? If you try anything to raise the cost of presenting jobs, I will veto it. What kind of jobs? Let's, let's try that one more time. One more time. What is it? If you try anything to raise the cost of presenting jobs, I will veto it. <laughs> and they cheered. They, they just cheered. They have no idea what he said. But uh, but he said he'd veto it, so the Democrats all got up and cheered their Fira. Let's bounce through a few of these. Check this one. So my many of, some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it, unless I agree to their economic plans. All of you at home should know what those plans are. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Lie. Flat out lie. Let me give you, anybody who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. I, when I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans. I meant every single solitary thing in the government. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice, I tried it a third time, and I tried it a fourth time. Four times, Senator Biden tried to cut Social Security and Medicare benefits. Four times. 
I didn't say it. I just played the clip. He said it. The only one who's tried to cut Social Security and Medicare are the Democrats, and specifically Joe Biden. And for him to get up there, now we know he's a liar. We know he's a plagiarist. We know that that's how he got to where he is, and it's what he's done his entire political career, probably most of his life since he got beat up as a kid behind the portable school. Now he's the bully. But he just lies. There's not a single Republican that wants to cut Social Security or Medicare. Eventually, they'll have to be addressed. But no one has a proposal on the table right now, and they can certainly call his office and do it. That's not the only clip where Biden has come out and said that he wants to cut Social Security and Medicare. Paul Ryan was correct. When he did the tax code, what's the first thing he decided we had to go after? Social Security and Medicare. Now, we need to do something about Social Security and Medicare. That's the only way you can find room to pay for it. That's the only way you can tell Joe Biden is a fucking liar. This is by pulling up clips of him in the past and comparing them to what he says today. Representative Byron Donalds has a little something to say about this as well. The only person saying that we're talking about Social Security cuts is Joe Biden. He's been lying to the American people. No, no, no Republican on the Hill has said, hey, for debt ceiling, we're going to look at Social Security and Medicare. It is not true. I'm one of the most vocal members of our conference. I am telling you, not true. Of course it's not true. But that's, the, that's one of the go-tos that the Democrats always do when they want to demonize Republicans is that Republicans hate old people. They want to cut Social Security and Medicare, and they don't believe in education. They want to cut spending on that as well. Production. And when I talk to a couple of them, they say, well, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway, so why should we invest in them? I said, we're going to need oil for at least another decade, and that's going to exceed <laughs> and beyond that. We're going to need it. What do you mean? If they had, in fact, invested in the production to keep gas prices down, instead, they used the record profits to buy back their own stock, rewarding the CEOs and shareholders. This is a guy who declared war on the oil industry before he even got into office. And then once, no more drilling, he said, no more drilling. And now he's sitting there trying to scold the oil companies for not exploring more and producing more. And tries to say, well, we're going to need oil for, you know, the next 10 years anyway. And he got laughs out of the Republicans because what a joke. You think that these multi-billion dollar oil wells, these the exploratory projects and wells to production, to, to refining, to where it finally gets to the pump. You think that can even happen in 10 years? It can't, it can't, it can't happen right now. But these things take decades. They don't just happen. And you want the oil industry to pump everything they have into developing new resources and getting more oil to the market when you're sitting there telling them that I want you out of business in 10 years? You're high. First of all, we're going to need oil for a hell of a lot longer than 10 years. And if you think a way to motivate private enterprise to produce more is to tell them, you're going to put them out of business in 10 years? You're Alzheimer's 
is far more progressed than most of us thought. Ay, ay, ay. This guy. I almost need to ask Clint what's going on with this guy. <sighs> Let's not go there. So this next clip was one of my favorite moments of the night, and I'm going to I'm gonna preface it here a little bit. And when he said it, I'm like, I looked at my wife, Terry. I said, did, did he just say that fast food workers sign non-disclosure agreements? So, and he did. He, he, he says that if you're flipping burgers, if you're a cashier at a fast food restaurant, you can't just leave that, you know, McDonald's and go work at Burger King because they made you sign a non-disclosure agreement. In what universe are fast food employees signing non-disclosure agreements that don't allow them to go work at another restaurant if they quit or get fired? He said it. I, I don't I don't know where this shit comes from. So a cashier at a burger place can't walk across town and take the same job at another burger place and make a few bucks more. It just changed. But they just changed it because we exposed it. That was part of the deal, guys. Look it up. Look it up. <laughs> he flat out lies. And it continues and it goes on and on. And I don't know how much more I'm going to go on with this because it just, it does get, um, it gets kind of repetitive. And you guys know what happened. I mean, a lot of you watched it. You've already heard spin on it. You've, you've seen the clips, many of you. And so I'm just kind of, kind of giving you my spin and some of my, uh, I don't know if I'd call them my favorite moments, but the moments that stood out to me, this was another. Most of us in here have never had to have the talk. The talk. The talk that brown and black parents have had to have with their children. Bo, Hunter, Ashton, my children. Okay, first of all, um, the talk that black and brown people. So here we go again with the racial division. The racial divide, racial division is up massively since Biden took office because that's all they do is promote it. They pit one race against the other, one class against the other, one sex against the other. It's all they do. Please show me where their vision of unity is at. Please show me how you're going to create unity by pointing out the differences in people and dividing them by color, by race, by sex, by financial ability. It doesn't unite people, man. Eventually, it's going to end up destroying this country. It's going to cause bad things to happen. And the blood will be on your hands, you son of a bitch. I never had to have the talk with them. I never had to tell them if a police officer pulls you over, Turn your interior lights on right away. Don't reach for your license. Keep your hands on the steering wheel. Imagine having to worry like that every single time your kid got in a car. So here he is. He's saying, you know what? Police officers are pulling people over just because they're black. And then they make them put their hands on the wheel. Turn the lights off. Don't reach for anything. You know what? That happens in some cities in specific neighborhoods because the neighborhoods are full of criminals. And it doesn't matter what color they are. And by the way, I would think it was a good idea 
if you are pulled over, regardless of what color you are, is to turn on your lights, keep your hands where the cops can see them, and be polite and courteous. Yes, Joe, white people have that talk with their kids too, asshole. You sit there and say, oh, it's just a black problem. Piss off. God, I hate this guy. He wants nothing but to divide this country. I'm sorry I got a little heated there, man, but this gets me going. Gets me going just a little bit. Got a couple more for you, and then we'll uh, then we'll wrap. We'll put a wrap on it. But um, man, so <laughs> Mansion, check out his look here on the on the thumbnail of this video, and then you'll understand why he has that look. In the last two years, my administration has cut the deficit by more than one point seven trillion dollars the largest deficit reduction in american history what and then he went on to say they decreased the national debt by 1.7 trillion dollars now he's going to talk about how strong he is this is where he gets to pump his chest out and, and beat on it a little bit before i came to office the story was about how the people's republic of china was increasing its power and America's failing in the world. Not anymore. That was his only mention about China. Well, other than the fact that nobody wants to, he's, he gets, gets angry here in a little bit. Let me play that clip one more time here. Check this out. Before I came to office, the story was about how the People's Republic of China was increasing its power and America's failing in the world. Not anymore. Not anymore. Just a, a few days after he let a, a Chinese spy balloon go across the entire country for over a week and gather all of our information. I mean, you just. <laughs> that was my Donald Trump YMCA impersonation. Ah, I miss that, man. I can't wait till his rallies get going again. And he continued on the on the on how listen to this. Name Ang me a world leader. Angry Joe. Who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name me one. Whew. What he's trying to imply is that he has <laughs> Xi Jinping so scared of the United States that there's not another leader in the world that would trade places with him. I wish you would, Joe. Why don't you go over there to your homeland? And then one last word from, from Byron Donalds. Knowledge that fentanyl trafficking is a problem, but do you think it's appropriate to blame the, put the entire thing on President Biden and say, it's your fault, in front of a father who lost his daughter to that? If trafficking of fentanyl is up because of the president's changes, it is his fault. Who are we going to blame? Are you going to blame members of Congress? And what he's referring to was a 
Well, apparently a clip that I don't pull up, didn't pull up. Biden claimed that he talked about there was 70,000 deaths from fentanyl, which number one is an incorrect number. It's more like 105,000. So he grossly underestimated to fit his needs. And the congressional Republicans called him out. They, they started booing and someone shouted out, it's your fault. And so that's what that conversation was about with, with Representative Donalds is it is Joe Biden's fault. His border policies have created an atmosphere where the cartels have taken control of the border. The cartels effectively control our border. They have operational control of the U.S.-Mexican border and they move across people and drugs at will because Biden has refused to enforce immigration law and a sovereign border and protect the security of the United States of America. His sworn duty to do. Joe Biden is a traitor. Joe Biden is a failure. He's a bully. He's a P-O-S. He's also a foreign agent. Here's the none better take of the day. The United States of America, quite likely all evidence is pointing to, took out the Nord Stream pipelines, three of them, intentionally and purposefully causing the largest man-made climate disaster in the history of the world. The administration that talks about green energy and the climate and the need to stop carbon emissions put more carbon emissions into the atmosphere than the entire world combined does over a decade by blowing up those pipelines. It was a private op. It was a secret op, obviously. But an investigative reporter on uh, Substack has come out with that. Check out my episode. His, his name is escaping me right now. I'm sorry. Early on in the episode... At the beginning, just go to the beginning. I covered it. He's on Substack. He did a very long, in-depth analysis and report on exactly what happened. The United States caused it. And Joe Biden said he was going to take out the pipeline. His administration said they were going to take out the pipeline. And that's exactly what they did. And then they denied it because the, 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 the climate impact was massive. You have... Congressional hearings going on right now into Hunter Biden's laptop and not so much the laptop, but on the collusion between the government, political campaigns, political parties, and their collusion with big tech to censor and squash the information that was on the laptop, therefore affecting an election. The real election interference, there was election interference. It wasn't by the Russians. And it wasn't from fraud. It was from censorship and collusion between the Democratic Party, their candidates, our government, including law enforcement agencies like the FBI and big tech, primarily Twitter and Facebook. That was the collusion. That was the election interference. 
And it's becoming more and more obvious. See, it's not about the laptop. It's not even about what's in the laptop, although that's important other than Hunter's junk. It's about what it represents, what they did to squash the free flow of information in a supposedly free society and then the subsequent follow-up of it. Joe Biden had his State of the Union address, his second one, and it was an absolute attack on capitalism, an attack on free markets. It was about government control, government mandates of private businesses on what they can and cannot sell, what they can and cannot charge. It was an attack on the oil industry. It was an attack on the Supreme Court of the United States when he bashed them for the Roe v. Wade decision that they made. You have a president who habitually lies, who gets out there over and over again and tells the same stories. Thank God he didn't talk about deer and Kevlar. But he did talk about his son, Bo, dying in Iraq, which he didn't. And he does that every time. He said that fast food workers sign non-disclosure agreements. And so they can't just jump from a Burger King to a McDonald's across town and work there, which is a lie. He said he's reduced the deficit by 1.7, the debt by $1.7 trillion. Lie. He said that Republicans want to cut Social Security and Medicare. An obvious, obvious lie. And the fact that he got up there on that stage, on that podium, and spouted that line of bullshit that everyone knows is bullshit, except for except for the ones that are really drinking the Kool-Aid, the useful idiots out there, nodding their head, tongues out, can't think for themselves, can't exercise critical thought, don't want to know the truth because it scares them to death. We watched a president demonstrate exactly who he was, who he is, and what he represents. It's not freedom. It's not prosperity. It's not equality. It's division. The only equity he wants is for everybody to be equally poor because it doesn't affect the ruling class. It's what Maoism and Marxism is all about. And these people are Marxists. Make no mistake. There's definitely a battle going on right now. A battle going on for freedom. If we can't have freedom here, then where? It's really the last place. Can't let them take it. Keep fighting the good fight. Keep putting out the good word. Keep talking to your friends and keep the faith. America America is stronger than Joe Biden and all those wacky commies that are out there. This has been the Nun Report. Thanks for watching. If you're just listening on the radio, renegaderadio.com or one of the podcast sites, check me out on rumble.com slash the Nun Report. You can catch all the video and everything that I threw up down here. Threw up? Did I throw up here? No, I didn't throw up here. I threw a bunch of stuff down here. Let's put it that way. Catch me on all the socials at The Nun Report, except for TikTok because I don't do that commie BS. Or just go to my website, thenunreport.com. One shop, one stop, one shop. You can link into everything right there. Anyway, again, as always, thanks for watching. And until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers.